0: You can't close the lead. The leads are weak. The leads are weak. The fucking leads are weak. You are weak. BB, 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 BB. These
1: are the new leads. These are the Glengarry leads.
0: Le- 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 leads, the leads I've given okay. you. But these leads are shit. Leads. What about You'll the new lead? Got. The new leads, the, the Glengarry lead. He'll get his lead. The leads are garbage. Why give him the good leads? The leads. No, he's got the leads.
1: He's got the leads. He's got the good leads.
0: Wow, there's a lot more swearing on that clip than I remembered. <laughs> of course, famous clip from Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie and you're a marketer or a salesperson, uh, you got to see that movie. It's uh, <laughs> it's somewhat unbelievable. Uh, and it also nails it. But anyway, let's get right into the B2B marketing mindset. I'm Pete Montfrey. My co-host, Bill Lowell, founder of Business Development Directives, the best darn marketing research firm in the known universe. It's the whole thing, including That's Pluto. The, the universe of you and I. That's right. In our own minds. Exactly. Uh, no, it's, I mean that. I, I'm, I'm uh, sincere. Uh, today's topic, leads, how to get them, what works, what doesn't, and the big secret, marketing people aren't going to tell you because you'll hate it you're not going to like hearing it. Of course they want to make a sale, so they don't want to tell you the truth. We're going to talk about that towards the end, so you want to stay for the whole thing. Plus always our final thoughts very deep final thoughts, you know. But first it's my duty to tell you there's a ton of more valuable content or not more valuable than this. This is going to be super valuable. I'm just saying that there's more quantity of content. At b2bmarketingmindset.com. Now you can subscribe there and you'll always get special content that you're not going to find on the big platforms like Spotify, like uh, Apple Podcasts, all the places that we are. You can see it in the scroll. Uh, you can also subscribe everywhere. Find podcasts are consumed if you prefer that. And we're going to put those links in the comments. And we broadcast live every Thursday, 11 o'clock Central, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, soon to be Twitch. Uh, and, uh, you can follow us on any of those platforms as well. So got to get that business out of the way. So you look dapper as usual. That's, you got Thank a little you. Christmassy tie going on there. Does it taste like yeah, peppermint? Of,
1: actually, um, I, I was thinking about that because I've got a peppermint
0: tie that I thought, well, I'll wear that <laughs> in a couple of weeks. So, uh, so nice. stay tuned, you know, it nice. so tastes stay. like peppermint and sweat, which is always that's good. It. That's, uh, that's things, exactly. things are, things
1: are good behind the cheddar curtain. They are very good, except we can't see the cheddar because we've had
0: snow and cold up here since uh, the last couple of uh, weeks. The and white reasons. cheddar, as we like to call it. Yeah, I um, bet you, you
1: don't miss any
0: of that. You know? Nope. Nope. Can't even remember what that's like, uh, thankfully. You know, I gave, <laughs> we gave away our snow blower when we moved out of Wisconsin the night before. We gave it to the neighbor, and the morning that we were set to drive out of Milwaukee and head to Austin, uh, towing the Corvette on a trailer behind us. And then of course a separate semi with many other things. It snowed like four feet that night we were snowed in. And luckily this neighbor, Tim, awesome guy from, uh, where were they from? Somewhere in Africa, um, came over and helped dig us out. And so we got on our way. Uh, That was your going
1: away present. (laughs) Yeah. It
0: was just confirming we were making the right decision really. So, um, exactly. This topic today is so deep and wide. It's changing fast. There's so much misperception around it. And it's also the number one reason clients hire us to fix this problem. They need more, better leads. Mo' Better. Yes. As Maceo Parker album, Mo' Better Jazz. Or is it Mo' Better Blues? I don't remember. But uh, if you don't know about Maceo Parker, look him up. saxophone player for James Brown. Oh, wow yeah awesome mm-hmm. um the things you learn on this podcast you're not gonna learn them anywhere else folks. that's um. why I'm a co-host. I just learned so <laughs> <laughs> I learned so much from you that I just kind of you know soak it all in so all these so get you, you know, all the good irrelevant stuff uh I need to send you more fan mail you know. That, well, that would be nice, because then I would get some, well, that, you, you know, besides what my mom sends. Uh, I've got go. some axes to grind on this, by the way. Um Uh-oh. Uh-oh. and uh And, you know, I'm hoping to deliver some clarity uh, and help our listeners kind of face the cold truth about B2B lead generation. It might not be what you want to hear. So, um, yeah. you know, why don't we jump right into it? I, I think the very first thing, and, uh, you know, i turn this, so I'll, I'll ask you this non rhetorical question you know what is a lead what What? Are, okay what on earth are we talking about we got a sync issue Uh oh that's a bad thing at the beginning of the program hmm. do you do
1: you want me to try to address how i see a lead or just kind of the generic what is a lead well yeah just what whatever you you please okay i i think the the key thing is you know i i would definitely go more for you know, quality versus quantity. A lot of people think of it as a numbers game and that they can, you know, if they get 100 inquiries, you know, and then out of those 100, they can get 20 people that they get to talk to on the phone or see in person. And then five might lead to a proposal. You know, to me, I mean, numbers sometimes work, but I would much rather have a better qualified lead. So in my opinion, a lead for me would be something that is really, you know, is it's exactly up our target uh, prospect or target customer. It's exactly what we want to deal with. And then and and they're ready or at least very close to wanting to pull the trigger and do something. So that, in my opinion, uh, would be my definition of lead. How about you? How would you look at that?
0: Really, the way that we look at lead generation and then the funnel in general is um There's marketing qualified leads because the classic definition of lead is someone who has shown interest and taken action, right? That's uh, not really a very good definition anymore because you have people, let's say they downloaded a a resource of some kind, right? Um, Traditionally, that would be handed over to sales and and also traditionally, um, sales would say these leads stink, uh, and so <laughs> it's it's because there's it, there's very little intent behind that. You they're not you don't know if they have any intent to actually buy or not. So it's kind right. of a low intent lead. It's marketing qualified technically a lead or MQL, but then there's another stage of lead is sales qualified lead so this is when Mm -hmm. sales has talked to them our sync problem is is just as bad isn't it sales has talked to them and they have been able to sort of discern their intent they've been able to discern do they have the budget are they the right people so this these definitions are evolving all the time so you know this idea that because they downloaded a paper, they signed up for a webinar that you need to call them right now. And somehow that's a lead. It's in a way, it's a vanity metric, right? MQLs, which the vast majority of the world are still obsessed with. um, Not, not the right way, not the right way to do it. Um, You're going to spend a lot of time following up with a lot of people who are never going to buy. So we like to split those into two. Then there is intent data. And so we'll talk about that next. Um, Let me ask how we're doing here on the crazy delay. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Well, hopefully the folks that are listening uh, and watching uh, (laughs) just fix it in post. Uh, So sorry, folks, if it drives you nuts, uh, you know, bear with us. But uh, let's get to the types, different types of, wait, are we on? You know, the, so we're already kind of into the types of leads. I'm so distracted. Um, so the types of leads: MQL, SQL. Um, you know, there's high intent, there's low intent. You know, nowadays because of big data, you can get intent information on those leads. And so obviously, the ones that are showing high intent, you know, what does that mean? Yeah. It, maybe they've interacted with a lot of your content, right? Gartner says it takes twenty contacts, twenty touches for a B2B lead to convert. And that just means initially say, hey, I'm interested, right? Twenty. Wow. Right. So, so does different- that
1: give give me some clarity on that? Pardon the pun. Um, so would that be like they've gone to your website, they've, they've downloaded something? I mean, those, those count as one of the, those would be two touches. So what those else would be, could
0: it be? Right. They see a social media post. They read about you in a publication. They um, meet you at a networking event or uh, everything counts as a touch. I guess that's kind of the good news, right? They see an ad, yeah. that's a touch, right? And right, this is, right. you know, we're going to get to the big secret nobody wants to tell you. And it, it involves this. Um, but you know, a lead is not a lead. Okay. It, there are different kinds and different levels of intent. There's stages that a buyer goes through, um, yeah. after they may have shown some initial in, uh, interest. And so how you handle that lead, here's a classic, well, we'll get into this next, but uh, a classic mistake that companies make, but you know, look at your funnel, mm-hmm. And does it still look like the funnel from 10 years ago, 15 years ago? If it does, it's time to update that. Okay, it's too much to get into here. Obviously, our, our audio listeners can't see us, so they don't get the benefit of the amazing graphics and our good-looking faces. That's why you want to go to b2bmarketingmindset.com. You get the entire picture. Um so lots of different kinds of leads. Um, and this is, like I said, it's a deep topic. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go pretty fast through this. But I think I think the most important takeaway here is if your agency is just giving you a list of names and emails because they downloaded a paper or signed up for a webinar... I'm not yeah. saying that's worthless. I mean, there's still value in that, right? But it's it probably not what you have stage. in mind. Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say it's, it's exactly what you were talking about. It might be one of the first stages of that sales funnel. If it's taken 20 touches, you're just at the beginning. So don't don't, don't misunderstand it as being a qualified lead at that point that we can run and do something with, you know?
0: So Well, great example, Constant Contact, the mm-hmm. email platform. It's incredible when you first sign up for constant contact, you get a sales call immediately, right? Now, listen, you haven't even had time to like go through the system and decide if it's right for you or or not. You're not in a decision place yet. Okay. That's one great example. Another one is if you've done this or you download a paper or something like that and you get a call from a salesperson, hey, I noticed you downloaded this paper. First of all, I'm thinking like, are you like looking through my window? What? That's yeah. kind of creepy. Uh, but but the other thing is, I probably haven't even read it yet. You know, it might be a week before I read it. So what to do? What do you do with those low intent? traditionally called a a, a qualified lead. It's not qualified. What what we do is we put them into an automated sequence of email. Mm -hmm. So we start nurturing those leads. We send them more information that's related to whatever it is that they showed interested in. Hey, you might enjoy this. Uh, Here's some more information on that. This is where content starts to become important, right? Mm -hmm. And then at some point, that lead will graduate. Let me throw a scenario out. You're, they're in your drip campaign now, and they they don't open a single one of those emails. Do you send that over to sales?
1: Some people do, but it's a mistake.
0: Yeah, if, if, yeah. If you want sales to be like these leads suck, like yeah. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, we want the good leads. Um, but maybe uh, some of the people on that list. Uh, Maybe they've opened all three emails and you also know that they've watched 90% of the video or whatever it is that you're sending them, right? Right. Okay, now it's time to hand them over to sales. So timing becomes important because this is where the battle comes from between sales and marketing, right? Uh, Sales is saying, these leads suck. And by extension, you marketing people suck. Uh, And marketing saying, you salespeople can't close, you losers. Okay, neither one of those things is true, but also both of those things can be true.
1: (laughs) Would you would you recommend to our audience, though, Pete? So let's let's say that somebody like you were talking about, they downloaded something, they started some interest, but then they didn't open up your follow up emails, would it make any sense at all to, you know, to contact them by the phone just to ask if they had any questions or anything else? Or is that too soon in the process? Do we wait until we engage them further along? Or do they go into a bucket that they're kind of a a, a tire kicking cult? I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I
0: think there's nothing to lose, right? Yeah. And so yeah. let it soak for a little bit and you're still not getting engagement. Maybe you got maybe you're getting in their spam filter and they never even saw those things That's and there really is some point. level of interest, right? Yeah. So yes, but I, I think it's just don't hand it to sales right away and, and don't reach out to them right away. Okay. This is how you irritate people. But right. also what it does is it, it pumps up your sales forecast in an unrealistic way, like, Oh God, look, look at our pipeline, right? I and know. 90% of them are low intent, no intent.
1: I, I used to, uh, you know, this a million years ago, before I started my own business, I worked for one of the largest, uh, management consulting companies in the country. And that's what they used to do. It's like they would have these. I, and they would be, you know, in their, their head of the person who did the the sales, he would be coming in all of the sales meetings, look at how many leads we've given you. And it's like more than half of those would be worthless, you know? And it's like, it was very, very frustrating. So if somebody's going through that experience right now, I can certainly empathize with them because just like you were saying, oh, yeah. there's so much more to get it to a qualified lead, you know? Well,
0: I'm going to make an admission here. Uh, I think most clients are still in that mode and sometimes it's just easier to give in on that. I mean, because this gets complicated fast, right? And I think that's one of the challenges, but, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that. I mean, there's some realities here that marketers and clients need to face. Okay. Uh, Because otherwise you're living a lie and it's going to cost you money. Uh, We don't like that around here. So, uh, let's go to our next point but hang on before we do that, you know, sometimes,
1: and this is just the cautionary tale, you know, this, you know, you might get a client, you know, and you have some ad agency or a PR firm or whatever, and they're trying to produce that stuff and they're just throwing all of those unqualified leads just to be able to prove that, Oh, we're, see, we're making a difference and maybe they're not, you know, or they're maybe pumping the, the numbers
0: beginning. up. Yeah. That's it. You know, um, I wouldn't call it a vanity metric necessarily, but in a way, depending on how you handle it, it could be. Um, yeah. and, and about vanity metrics, um, going off on a tangent here, but vanity metrics aren't completely useless. I mean, if, if you're mm-hmm. listening to the chatter in the marketing industry, you might start to get that idea. But va- some vanity metrics, some of them are purely useless, but uh, some of them are actually leading indicators. And Mm -hmm. so you still monitor your email open rates and your click-through rates and these things. But if you're looking at them like, hey, here are the results we've produced, right? Right. Now you're going to have a client that says, I don't see that in my wallet. Okay, you're full of shit, goes on downhill from there, right? So now let me remind all the clients out there, your marketing firm is not uh, in the job of closing deals, okay? So measuring on revenue might not be the best measure unless you want us to completely run your entire business then we are happy to do so um boy I get harsh sometimes in the show don't I I'm just a no, harsh no, mistress no no, no
1: no no and and I actually set you up so I'm, I apologize for that but I just I just wanted to clarify and, and I think you're just you're just <laughs> no, you being honest and that's why I brought it up I mean I think you know like you were talking about and and, and sometimes it's unfortunate because the client puts you on that pressure too where they're trying to what have you done for me lately, which I also think is one of the sales yeah. things that we talk about as well.
0: Well, and we guarantee our work. And so we're un- we're putting ourselves under that pressure too. We want to earn that business every single month. And so, you know, but it's still up to us to make sure that we're doing it in the in the way that's best for the client. So um, yeah. and we'll talk about this a little more. Um, but what doesn't work? Give me some examples of lead generation approaches that don't work.
1: Well, let me back up for two seconds. When we had our panel discussion with some of those experts, and I don't know if people have seen that, but if they haven't, they should go to B2B Marketing Mindset and take a look at that because it was outstanding. But remember, we had a huge debate going on with regard to, is it the human touch? And do they want to actually see a salesperson, talk to a salesperson? Or is it going to be self-serve? And I mean, we're, we we don't have enough time to rehash that here, but that's a that's a big debate. So when you talk about what doesn't work, Part of me sits here as a market research person and says, you you got to figure that out through some research or you've got to collect some data on that because it's not going to be the same for every for every business or every market segment. So, so, right. you know, so that's my that's my first thought with regard to. So you're,
0: you're saying, you know, if it if it doesn't work for the client, that's your first thing right there. I mean, for your prospect or your ideal client profile, if it doesn't work for them, then it's not going to work. Period. Yes. I I would agree with that.
1: You know, there's a lot of things that I thought about with regard to mistakes that people make, you know. So you talked about that um, earlier on, but, you know, neglecting the target audience definition. So I think even just early on, making a profile, what is a good target audience? So, like, How do you know when it's a good lead or not? So that's a a mistake or what doesn't work in my opinion, you
0: know? Not having criteria for for what a lead looks like, right? So uh, extreme example, we sell to companies that are investing money and they're not happy with their outcome. They're B2B companies. They're a certain size. We need to talk to certain people. If I get a a 15-year-old gamer boy filling out my form as a prank, uh, extreme example, but probably not going to follow up with them. Sorry, guy. Yeah, it's not because I, of your inherent value.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I can, I can give you a couple more, but I've got probably twenty. But I'll just give you two or three. You know, ignoring the importance of the content quality. You know, some people will just think, well, I just gotta have some content or throw it. But it's like wait a minute that's part of your brand and you know that could be a mistake with regard to that whole process as well creating generic or low you know low content quality so i think that that's good feel free to jump in on any of these going
0: overseas for that content just because it maybe it'll work good with search engines but not so good with human beings i see that all the time you know don't forget a human being's going to see it yeah right yeah
1: so i think you're so right and you've talked about this but That was one of the things that I listed, too, is being inconsistent with nurturing the leads through your sales funnel. So, first of all, knowing if it's a qualified lead or not. But the second thing is, just like you were talking about, what are the steps that you're going to take to warm that lead up before it goes over to the salespeople? I think there are a lot of people, just like you mentioned, that will just kind of transfer it right away. And it's like, boy, that's a huge mistake. So.
0: Well, and I think I'm guilty of that sometime. We're a very small company, and so I'm kind of doing both of those roles a lot of times. And um, and I've got some help, too, but, I mean, it comes down to me most of the time. And, you know, we could probably do a better job with that. I mean, I, I never want to be up here, you know, preaching from the you know, the stump on, on things. We're, we're not perfect either, but we hope that this information kind of helps you. One of the things that comes to mind for me right away is when you see um, a call to action that says, Contact us for more information. And they're like, nobody ever contacts us. What's the story there? What's the deal? Now, Marketing it's okay. bad. Well, it, it depends. Let me give you some context on that. So it's okay. Have a contact form. Contact us. It, usually if people do that, they're, that's going to probably be a high intent lead because what's missing is an incentive. What is in it for me? But let's say you do an email campaign. You send them to a landing page. And then there's a form here that says, uh, schedule a free consultation. That's a real common one, right? People are going to perceive that as schedule a free sales call. Okay? People don't like sales calls. That's not an incentive. An incentive would be here is some exclusive research that's really relevant to that prospect that they can't get anywhere else. Right. And you might put that behind an email, email, email form. Nowadays, people are getting rid of the form completely. They're, they're ungating content. They're just saying, Hey, look, here it is. Click here. Now what's going on there. The analytics behind it are able to identify who that person is. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's no need, there's no reason for them to fill the form out. That just creates a little more friction. I still think there's a place for email walls. We still use them. Um, but we also ungate a lot of content, all of this content that we create every single week, there's no gate folks. It's just free, free. Who says you can't get nothing good for free?
1: Well, and that's that's another one, too, that people that minimize the the efforts of a social media or or broadcasts or webinars or other kinds of content. So some of that good content, I think, is good. But the other thing that I think you'll be real happy with that I mentioned here is that so many companies, you know, what doesn't work is thinking that there's only one thing. You know what I mean? It's like there's going to be right. a multitude of things you have to do, both traditional and you know digital that. That you're going to have to do to try to attract some of those, uh, you know, those new customers. So I think people relying on only one thing, whether that's advertising or whatever they do, you know, there should be yeah. Well, they're lot
0: of, yeah. or they're looking for that silver bullet, right? Yes. I get yes. this all the time. Is it email? Should we do email? Yeah. Should we do ads? Should we do social? Yeah. And I just say, yes, <laughs> right. Silver Bullet. I was just talking to my friend, Linda Sanchez, uh, a master media buyer, uh, yesterday, and we were talking about the silver bullet theory, which I just love. But hey, let me just take a minute here. I want to talk about our sponsor, one of our sponsors. We're going to start doing this. Um, And uh, today's sponsor is a company close to my heart, uh, and that's my company, Clarity Marketing Support. Uh, So, you know we work with clients that uh you know i I would be able to scroll this window if i could find it uh but uh there we go and so we we work with clients that are they're investing money in marketing they're probably spending a lot of money on sales uh and they're just not happy with outcomes and sometimes they're not sure why um but they're just not seeing the results uh, that they expect We've been in business 33 years. We guarantee our work. So here's a no-brainer offer, all right? Reach out. I'm so easy to find. We'll do an audit of your marketing programs, and if we don't find at least one significant hidden problem that's directly impacting your revenue, we're going to give you your money back, all right? That's a that's a big offer, Bill, because we're not cheap. Uh, great. So I'm so easy to, to find. Uh, so reach out, and, uh, you know, maybe we can help. Uh, our ideal client running a small uh, privately held firm. You're facing a hurdle, a transition. Maybe you want to get from 10 million to 20, from 20 to 40, something like that. we work in a, a bunch of different industries, um, and uh, so anyway, that's uh, that's enough commercial for today. Uh, we appreciate our sponsor, Clarity Marketing Support, and next uh, next week Thank we'll you. appreciate our other sponsor, Business Development Directives. <laughs> and if you want to sponsor the program, we'll appreciate you as well. Um, so we've got uh, we've talked about what doesn't work. Let's talk about what does work. What the heck right. does work? I don't know. No, I do. Oh, not. I think I think a lot. I of have things. a good do, sense. Do you want
1: to go? Do you want to go first this time?
0: What does work? Okay, so it's going to be a lot of the opposite of what we just talked about. Yeah. So integrated marketing. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a newfangled term for this now. I don't know, but. It's, I think it's
1: called clarity integration theory. That's what it is.
0: Something like that. By your sponsor. The Here's a harsh truth. You're going to have to be everywhere that your prospect is, OK? It doesn't mean you're going to be everywhere. You're only going to be everywhere your prospect is. This is why you got to know who they are, right? And where they right. gather, right? But let's, let's make an analogy here. You're trying to date someone and you choose one tactic you're going to go camp on their lawn until they say yes. It's not you going to be long. Does it work? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to work. It's, it's a bad idea, really? Okay. You're going to end up in jail, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, so let's say that you're just emailing people and you're just emailing them, pounding them with email. I get this all the time, by the way, in my inbox. I bet if I go there right now, I got five of them today. and And a lot of them, at some point, they'll be like, you're just not responding to my email, you know? Yeah. You know why? Because I'm not interested. Stop emailing me, you know, and hit the spam filter on it. You know, I mean, it's the, the truth is, like I said, Gartner says 20 touches. Right. But it can't be the same touch all the time. alright You're going to get you're going to get on that spam list. You have to be everywhere. Omnipresent. The only way to do that is to have an integrated strategy where every piece of it, your social, your advertising, your email marketing, your sales process, all working together to force multiply. The sum of those parts greater than the value of any one part. That's it. That's that's what works. But it's hard. It's inexpensive. And we can't change that.
1: And, you know, the other thing, too, is if somebody is nervous or thinking that you might be, you know, just spamming them. If you did some email marketing by hitting some of those other channels, just like you're talking about, it at least enhances your credibility or it gets them to think, Oh, I guess maybe they are legitimate. Do you know I mean? So otherwise we don't know right. if it's a bot or something
0: else that somebody's,
1: you know, well, so I think you're right. it's,
0: it's the psychological phenomenon. I keep hearing about these guys all the time. Therefore, they must be good little flawed Sorry. logic there for you. But, um, but that is how people think, right? Um, yeah. And so they don't know that they're inside of a matrix that a marketer created and they're inside of it right. and there's a reason they're hearing about you all the time, right? right. Maybe it's an algorithm on LinkedIn and you're probably thinking to yourself, man, I keep seeing this podcast all the time. What in the, What is the deal with yeah. this, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah exactly. well, there, there's a reason. Um, and so I, I think that you have to be careful not to saturate it and sometimes I think Here's one one strange thing about LinkedIn. If there are people that you're connected with and they only have like 100 followers and you're putting out a fairly good amount of yeah. content, they're just going to be like, they're going to think that you're just, you know, just burying them.
1: <laughs> harassing. That's right. Yeah. But it's
0: because they have so few contacts. If you have 500, 1,000 contacts, I think I have almost 5,000 followers, something like that. Uh, and then plus, I don't. I'm not sure how many contacts. At least that many. So their feeds, my feed goes fast. I mean, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but you you see something that you want to read, and you wait for a second, and you go to click on it. It is gone, and you'll scroll and scroll and scroll trying to find it. It's literally gone in seconds. Right. And so frequency starts to become important because your post is only going to get noticed, really, for a second or less. And yeah. so that's where frequency comes in so frequency works it's not enough to be everywhere you need to be everywhere frequently
1: mm-hmm.
0: reach and frequency that's what we're talking about reach and frequency those old-fashioned words words my grandpa used <laughs>
1: That's good you know what else works uh, what one of the and this is borderline of what are one of our secrets but i think that one of the things that also works is when you do land a new customer, prospect, client, whatever you want to refer to them, do a little research and reach out and ask them, what was it that caused you know to, to go over the edge and actually work with us and what, what initially got you interested and then what did it take? And they'll probably tell you exactly what you just said. Well, it was, you were everywhere yeah. or it was this and this and this or, you know. So I think that's really important. And then on the, Flip side of that, one of the things that I think people do a, a disservice to their companies. If you do if you do a proposal or if you try to get some business and you don't or you lose it. Oh. You and I have done this, the lost customer or the lost prospect. You can learn so much and start picking up on trends by just that quick, you know, follow right. up and,
0: and And now it's easier than ever. Everybody's used the CRMs. You mark a deal as lost, right? Yeah. And and now you have eventually uh, over a period of time you're going to have a list. Let's say it's just even thirty deals at a time. Yeah. Have a researcher reaching out to those people. They're not going to tell you, by the way, but they'll tell a third party. You want to know yeah. why you didn't get the deal? It's just as important as why you did. And over time, you're going to start to see patterns, right? That's a yeah. huge one. I I didn't even think of that. That's that's and we. It's funny I didn't think of it because we do those. Um, yeah.
1: And you and I have done some of those together. So yeah. It's like kind of. It's you a know, big one. Changing.
0: Um, networking here's an interesting thing I think you know my a lot of my business experiences was in Milwaukee where we had a yeah. firm there and we remember our beautiful offices downtown I, I do, I do. I do. <laughs> oh I miss them i don't miss the payments uh, yeah. my beautiful Boy, conference room remember yeah. that glass table uh, it was just just awesome uh, yeah. but uh, where in the hell was I going oh I know uh, networking is you know networking wasn't really a thing in Milwaukee, uh, it, I, at least I don't remember it. I mean, I don't remember ever going to a networking event. I mean, I know there was one-on-one networking. You know, we were always talking to everybody in the market, still talk to a lot of those people. Just heard from Jerry Batsner the other day. Oh, um, oh nice. I know. I, uh, but... In Austin, it's very networking driven. And so, but there's a lot of people who don't understand networking. They don't understand the value of, you know, when I talk to somebody, I meet somebody new and I get to know them a little bit. I go a little bit deep into kind of what does a customer look like for you? I make it my personal mission to introduce them to somebody who's going to be a good contact for them, maybe a prospect, maybe just someone else who can expand their network. And I don't expect a thing in return. I'm just going to help as many people as I can, as often as I can, with no expectation. All right. I'm going to give some credit here. I did not invent this. I learned it from people, Steve Harper, Scott Ingram, Peter Stropel, Artie Byrne, Uh, this is Such a powerful new business development tool. If you're not out there putting nickels in the karma bank, helping other people, start tomorrow. And it's not a quid pro quo. Like I introduce uh, Bill to somebody. I don't have an expectation that Bill's going to be like, okay, man, don't you owe me an introduction. No. But I know that everybody that I help, it creates a vacuum of social value. Where they're like, gosh, you know, I got to do something for Pete. Now they may, they may or may not, but the universe provides, right? I mean, it—it's yeah. not a one-on-one thing. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah. In fact, I—I I
0: tell some. It's of not my a transaction. Clients,
1: some of my clients, I'll tell, like if they're really slow, I'll, I'll kind of. Be, first of all, I, I totally agree with the networking thing, but I would disagree with you regarding the Milwaukee area. I. I think Milwaukee, a lot of the individuals in that area are into the networking, but but maybe things have changed, you know, so. Or maybe I just deep. was
0: oblivious, right? I mean, we yeah. were nail, you know, we were hammering down clients. Yeah, right. I mean, maybe we just didn't need it or something yeah. at the time, but. Um,
1: I, I think it's been really good. It's so interesting, too, because like we do a lot of business in Chicago as well. There, I would agree with you. It's kind of a little bit more less personalized. And so, you know, unless you're really. of business and we got to get down to it uh that's not going to be as much networking but i want to get back to uh you know one of the things that you were that you were chatting about with um you know with regard to some of the networking I, i think that that's a good thing but one of the things that i tell my clients pete and you were right about the karma bank and all that kind of good stuff however you want to label that but one of the things like sometimes i'll get a client that will say we're really slow and i will tell them you know get out and offer something or do something for a nonprofit, do something to give back. And it's like magically business comes their way. And whether you want to look at that as karma coming around, I also look at it just like you talked about earlier. It's a mental thing. Cause like when you're, when you're slow or you're down, you're walking around going, Oh, you don't need any consulting today. Do you, you know what I mean? It's a real (laughs) negative thing, but if you're, if you're excited and you're doing something positive for somebody and you're giving back or you're doing what you were talking about doing kind of introductions or whatever that's that's a positive thing and they can feel that energy and it it comes back to you 10 times
0: it's 10 social times social capital my my friend chris brogan wrote a, a great book called trust agents and uh still great. still in print great book um and it talks a lot about these trusted trusted networks of people. Your network is your lifeline. I don't care what yeah. market you're in, all right? It's yeah. who you know, but it's also you can't again, let's say you only do networking, okay? Right. Yeah. It may work to a point, but it's it's it, I wish it was easier than what we're talking about, okay? And that kind yeah. of brings us to why don't we do our final thoughts and we're going to tell you the secret uh, that marketing people just aren't going to tell you and why aren't they going to tell you this? I think there's a reason for it. So final thoughts, here we go.
1: What my My final thoughts that a lot of people won't tell you.
0: want me to go? You're talking over the graphic, man. No, it's all right. Uh, go ahead. Do it again.
1: Do it again. I want to do over.
0: <laughs> do it again? All right. Here we go. Final thought. Oh, wait. There we go. My <laughs> it's so corny. I like it. I laugh at it every time. <laughs> one what do you of, got? Uh, well, I've got
1: several things, but uh, the the first one is what marketing people won't tell you, but which is really, is, in my opinion, is the number one rule of marketing, besides getting to know your customer and knowing what their needs are. Um, everybody wants something they can't have and so mm. part of part of that marketing ambiance is creating something where you're creating that you're busy you're creating built up need you're creating where you know you don't have enough th- stuff to sell you so I think some of that is uh one of the secrets of the good lead
0: generation too some
1: people call it oh it's a limited time offer or whatever the case is but scarcity if, if Yes, the scarcity is exactly creating
0: what I'm scarcity. About. Um, yeah, the opposite of that is you know you're trying to win every deal, you're <gasps> you're giving every concession, you're doing whatever the prospect asks. I had I was telling you yesterday about this insane sales uh, process we were involved in with a company, and uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny. We'll make an episode about that sometime. Here's my big secret that marketing people aren't going to tell you and why aren't they going to tell you what what they're not going to tell you is lead generation for b2b companies is difficult it takes time it's complex and it's expensive okay sorry not sorry all right the thing is why well so why won't they just tell the client this yeah because the client doesn't want to hear that they're looking for an easy fast fix that's cheap that's right it. so it's a lot harder to sell something if you're going to tell them the truth, what does this lead to? You know, the eighty-two percent dissatisfaction rate among clients with their marketing firms. Okay, Gartner. Again, I love Gartner. I'm always, I'm always spouting Gartner statistics. I know there are other research companies, um, but just like my mom said, I'm her favorite. Yeah, you know, uh, it's you know that's. It, it's it's that they they want the check more than they want you to know the truth. They know you're going to find out the truth at some point. This is where they start the vanity metrics, right? They're trying to extend that relationship as long as they can right. uh, instead of just being up front. Now, look, do I lose deals because I'm honest like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. Right. But are those good deals anyway? Probably not. But that's why they're not telling you this. It's become very complex. It is not 1972 anymore. For those of you that were alive in 1972, uh, I always always say
1: that uh, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes it's best to be the second marketing firm or the third one that comes in to work for the company, because sometimes you might have a marketing firm and they're telling the client all of the truth. And the client's not listening and then all of a sudden they they (laughs) let them go and then the next one comes in and it's like you they're worn down okay now i know it's gonna be just like you said those four things and so maybe now they'll have an easier path with it but it is it is a it's a reality thing and i think people need to understand that
0: you know it it is reality and it's like saying look this darn gravity is really screwing us up so therefore you're not telling the truth Right, it's right. got to be easier than that, you know. I mean, it's it's kind of a law of marketing physics because yes. of the complexity in the market. The tools have become very complex. Buyer behavior has become very, you know. If you go back and look at the fifties, there were three networks. I had to look and see if I was holding up three fingers. Um, there were three three networks. Think about how many channels there are now to reach customers. Uh-huh. Right. And, and and if you're a if you're a business to consumer or a direct to consumer company, multiply it by ten. This is complicated stuff. If we could do it easily, quickly, cheaply, of course we would. Uh, that'd be better for us too. We you know, but it is what it is. All right. So, I hope you'll join us every Thursday or every other Thursday. Uh, no, check no, us no. out. Every Thursday. Yeah, you know, whatever works for you. Uh, we're really trying hard here to produce great content and to help you make better decisions with your marketing by understanding what's really going on, and so that you don't get taken to the cleaners. And that's really important to me. Uh, I think I speak for Bill as well. But uh, it's good to see you, and uh, I like your candy cane uh, tie. But I'm waiting to see the real one. That's going to be flavorful. I will,
1: I will. I'll try to wear that maybe next week. Then I'm, gonna to to I'm going to try to get more festive.
0: Can we get some lights and some, some, something festive? Oh, I, think we can, I think we can do that. Um, oh, I should tell the folks, too, we're going to probably take off a couple of episodes over the holidays, but we will be festive. I guarantee that. So we will um, see you next time. Sounds good. Thank Over and you. out. You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill
1: Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing, and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.